You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win Podcast. This is Ben Wolf. In our very interesting and unusual episode today, we're going to talk about uh, whether fractional integrators, aka COOs, compete with EOS implementers. So sure to be an interesting topic today. Uh, this episode of the Win Win Podcast is sponsored by Fractional Leadership, uh, which is a community of fractional executives, both firm owners, solo practitioners, to allow them to learn from each other, connect, uh, level up their game, and connect with a vetted group of peers uh, to get better and find their tribe. So that is the sponsor here. So if you want to, if you're a fractional executive or or know and love someone who is a fractional executive, again, whether part of a firm, owner of a firm, or a solo practitioner, whether doing so relatively recently or uh, been doing it for many years, uh, check out fractionalleadership.io. Uh, it's more about that, fractionalleadership.io, about that community. And so with that, I want to get into introducing our guest today, who is actually going to interview me. So I'm going to be handing over the reins today to a woman who, in 2015, she and her husband bought a flexible printing uh, packaging company two years in uh, because they were struggling. They implemented EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is a business management uh, system for small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, they implemented EOS. Uh, within three years, they turned around the business and grew it from 30 to 100 employees and from 10 to 100 million in revenue. 30 she, million in revenue. Did I say, what did I say, 100? Oh, I meant to say, yeah. yes, 30, 10 to 30 million in revenue. Uh, she went on to afterwards become a professional EOS implementer herself. Uh, her name is Rachel Leibowitz. You can find out more about her at eosworldwide.com forward slash Rachel dash Leibowitz, L-E-B-O-W-I. TZ. You got to put the dash in there or else it doesn't work. I mean, of course, you could just search for her on their website, usworldwide.com. Search for Rachel Leibowitz, L-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. So thanks for doing this. Thank you so much, Ben, for having me. I, I've enjoyed our relationship, you know, since I've become a US implementer, and I always find our conversations very insightful. So I'm happy to do this. Awesome. Yeah, well, Look, you're, uh, you know, we want to talk about this, something that, you know, I've seen comes up in conversations, uh, you know, with uh, some business owners, with some EOS implementers, uh, maybe there's some bad actors out there, people who aren't necessarily always doing the right things, give some of the others of us a bad name. Uh, people may know that that I have, uh, you know, probably the largest fractional integrator or COO firm out there at the moment of this recording, we've got 12 team members, uh, experienced executives, owned and run businesses, uh, acting as fractional integrator or COO for multiple clients at a time. So uh, yeah, I know there's, I guess I'll hand it over to you in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, answering some of these questions, do EOS integrate, I mean, fractional integrators uh, compete with EOS implementers or any other questions that you want to bring up or that is, you know, that might be coming up in the EOS implementer community. Um, I'll do my best to be transparent and, and, and let's talk it through. Sounds great. I'm not one to shy from controversy. So you've got the right candidate. Uh, do we need to give a little introduction about like what an integrator is or most people listening understand the role of an integrator? Sure. Why don't, why don't you, why don't you give an introduction about what it is? So an integrator is, usually called the COO, but really it's the person that keeps the sales and marketing operations, finance, HR, however your 
company is structured, it keeps them all in sync, right? They're like the conductor of the orchestra. So they are accountable for, you know, holding high level C-suite people accountable and um, removing obstacles and barriers that come up. They're more logical, right? They're detail oriented. They're usually very good at following through project. Whereas visionaries, owners, visionaries are usually owners of businesses, right? But owners and founders, visionaries are usually more high level. They're 30 feet at top. They come to every meeting with like 15 great ideas. Not all of them are good or even executable. So the integrator's job is to take those ideas, research them, lay them out, make a plan and follow them through. And we've seen in our personal business, Polycraft, such amazing growth with our integrator. I, you know, she is a godsend for us. And it's made such a big difference in our personal life and our business because she is the person that grounds the business. When, when, our visionary, my husband, has this awesome idea, and we're at the danger of taking the whole business and veering focus. She's the one that keeps us focused. So that's a very high-level description of what an integrator is. All right. Now, an implementer? So an implementer is a, a person that's a teacher, facilitator, or coach. They're certified by EOS Worldwide, and they come in and work with a leadership team and help them get three things. We call it vision, traction, and healthy. So they help everybody in the organization get on the same page on the vision. Where are we going and how we're going to get there, right? Oftentimes you have sales and marketing operations, finance, HR. And what I find is that they're leading three types of businesses within one organization because there isn't enough communication and alignment. So we create an alignment. And then after that, we create accountability to that alignment. So people are actually executing on that vision because you know what? Most business owners, they have a vision. They tend to not share their vision. They think they're sharing it, but they're not. And then they find themselves five years later where sadly they don't achieve that vision. So we create this plan and alignment and accountability to get people to execute on the vision. And then the last thing is creating an open, honest, healthy environment where people feel free to raise questions, comments, concerns, ideas for the greater good of the company. And the integrator is a huge factor in this because they're usually the one that holds people accountable. Visionaries are more emotional. They don't like to have hard conversations. You know, so mm -hmm. so integrators are the ones that usually do that. Uh, now that we know what a visionary integrator is, I think, I mean, yeah, like I feel like, do we, can we stop the conversation here? Because that's totally like defining the difference between an implementer and an right. integrator, right? Right. Well, there's a whole, there's another concept, right? Of if you don't have or can't find or can't afford the right full-time integrator, and sometimes people use a fractional integrator. There's many of them out there. So I guess what, you know, and obviously my firm is one of them uh, that, you know, we have, we have 12 of us doing that, but you know, what, I guess what, what questions as a, as an implementer, what questions do you have for me or what challenges do you have for me about, uh, about fractional integrators? Right. And, and to start off this conversation, I know from talking to you that you refer so many businesses to work with implementers, you actually prefer that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, obviously for, for multiple reasons. Um, I guess number one is, look, EOS worldwide officially does allow self-implementation. 
right? And uh, the uh, the what's it called? Mark Winters, you know, talks about how an integrator is in is inside the business. They have a role within the accountability chart, within the organizational chart of the business. And whether that role is being filled by someone fractionally, you might be working with in that role in a couple of businesses, or whether it's filled by somebody full time, they they still have that role in the accountability chart as the integrator. While it's technically possible to self-implement, and maybe for some in some instances that might be appropriate, um, it's hard. You know, it, it's hard to be doing a good job where you have to continually switch hats. You know, like if the if you're getting your integrator, and I mean, it's the same thing for an internal full-time integrator who has to self-implement. It's the same issue, which is if you're, you know, you're, you're trying to like teach the U.S. tools, maybe you went to base camp or whatever it is, you're trying to teach the U.S. tools and self-implement. And, you know, you're there as the facilitator, you're the dumb guy with the marker, you don't have an opinion, use that Mike Payton, for, you know, to use that Payton phraseology. Well, like you don't have an you know you don't have an opinion about what we do. You're kind of facilitating the wisdom in the room, but then you're not really getting the full value of you as the integrator who needs to be directing and kind of you know asserting their their wisdom and their will as the integrator. I mean, who's who's hopefully good at their job, and so you're not able to fully do that, or you keep going back and forth and you keep having to say, okay, now I'm wearing the integrator hat. Okay, now I'm wearing the implementer hat. Now I'm wearing the session facilitator hat. And it's it's confusing. I think it. I, I think that it. Sometimes it might be necessary, and like it's the best situation available in certain circumstances. Uh, you know, because not you can't always do every. You know, can't always do the ideal, ideal, ideal. But um, but it's uh, but it's hard. And I you know I think that you may it may take away from your ability to effectively teach and facilitate uh, the session. You know, the the quarterly or the annual and uh, or the implementation session and. And I think it can also take away your ability to effectively be the integrator. They'll take a, you're not contributing as much as the integrator. So definitely I also see it as a red flag. Uh, sometimes if like, if you have a big business, maybe they got 50, 60, hundred, 150 people, but you know, they want to kind of, they want to say like, Oh, Hey, can you just implement for us too? So you don't have to also have an implementer. I, I see that as a red flag. Like, they've got enough money. Like, it's not like they can't afford it. It tells me they're not really invested in their own success, which means that as the integrator, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to talk the talk. They're like, yeah, they just want to make things go away, but they don't actually want to do the work or make the commitments to, to make the kind of changes necessary to achieve the dreams, their own dreams. I mean, in their own, their own desires and goals. Uh, and so if they're not really committed to their own success and they want to like cheap out, uh, that's a, like a red flag for me. I think just even, even to be an integrator in that situation, uh, that they're not going to be committed enough to their own success. You gave me so much food for thought because this opens up a whole much greater conversation. So first of all, I want to go back a minute and say, as implementers, we have three roles, and that is to be teachers, facilitators, and coaches. So we teach the EOS system with the goal of graduating our clients. We take a uh, the psychology of creating independence, not codependence. So we never, and as a facilitator, our job is to facilitate healthy discussions. As, you know, um, we always say that the answers are in the tools, right? So we always come back to the EOS tools and the answers are usually in the room. I always tell people, if you're smart enough to run a business, you're probably smart enough to figure out the answers. You're just not taking the time to sit down 
and think critically and strategically. So my job is as an outsider, the last role is I play a coach, you know, and I could say, well, from where I stand, this is what I see. And I tell them what I observe. And then I help them figure out their best decision. We never consult. Consult Consultants tell people what to do. We don't tell people what to do. So now if you're the integrator and the facilitator, you're kind of now stuck in the weeds and you're stuck in their business and you don't get that objective view. You don't get to be that coach, right? Mm -hmm. If you're hiring a coach and then the coach comes into the game with you, he's not a coach anymore. So that is where the strong separation is between implementer and integrator. I wanted to clear that up, right? Okay. So now, which leads me to this question of fractional integrators. I know that you also work off the psychology that you want to graduate, right? Your clients. Is mm -hmm. that, can you talk a little bit more about that? What does that usually look like? Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that the ultimate goal is to have an integrator who is eating, sleeping, breathing, drinking the business, you know, the, you know, the visionary's business. And so I think in many situations, if they, if they're big enough to need an experienced integrator and a strong leader and a strategic partner, but they're not big enough to be able to afford that two or $300,000 plus benefits, maybe equity and, you know, and, and taxes, et cetera. So you're stuck in that catch 22. Like you can't, you, 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 you're not wired and you don't have the leadership team to move the ball forward, but you also can't afford someone who really has done this before to, to join you. So fractional integrator is kind of good for that bridge between, between those two stages. And if they could get you, they could turn things around, get your, get you the right leadership team in place, either level people up or replace people as appropriate at the leadership team or at other key roles, um, help get right and good processes and systems in place to the extent they weren't already, you know, fix and put into place other important things that are necessary for the business, make big changes. Um, then, you know, then hopefully you can grow up to that point where you can now afford to bring in that integrator full time, ideally just in the integrator role, not also sitting in some other seat like head of ops or special projects or something like that. And, right. So uh, in essence, you're saying that a fractional integrator speeds up the U.S. process and helps oh, yeah. companies get 100% strong in each of the six key components much yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah. No, it's much, much faster because um, that's what it does. I mean, I would say people get to their goals two or three times faster or they get to them versus not even getting to them at all. Because what I've, I've seen a lot of instances of people who are implementing EOS for one, two or more years and just you know, getting low, low rock completion rates, getting into these heart to hearts with their implementers, because they're not, they're just not making progress. They're not, you know, even though they're doing EOS, they know the right things to do, but they as visionary are just not wired with the ability to get stuff done or to stay focused on goals or the leadership team members are just underperforming people or maybe not right people and not in the right seats. And so, because, you you know, right people, right seats is the foundation of everything. I mean, that's the foundation of being able to get anything done, to have a self-managing business, as Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach calls it. So one of the major jobs of a fractional integrator in our engagements and uh, most other people out there that I talk with, one of the most important things is getting the right leadership team in place. Because very often, you know, the people who became leadership team as the organization grew up in its earlier phases, you know, who got you here isn't going to get you there. And so either leveling people up or 
making changes changes at the leadership team to uh, to get it to where you have a group of people that are fully owning their functions of the business. The head of marketing is like owning and marketing is pushing marketing, pushing the visionary, pushing everybody else on whatever needs to get done. They're not waiting to be pushed and pulled by the visionary, you know, to get stuff done. Or the head of ops is driving change, is driving improvement, driving execution, not being driven by someone else who has to motivate them or prod them. You know, when you have a full leadership team of people and finance and operations, sales and marketing and whatever else you have that, you know, that that's driving things. And that's, that's a, that's what a fractional integrator is. That's what we're putting into place. So without that outside push, you know, you could have all the clarity in the world in those EOS sessions. You, you know what your vision is, you know what the rocks are, you know, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know what your core values are. But you just don't have the right people in your own leadership team to actually make that happen in between those sessions. So the fractional integrator, or just like any right right RPRS integrator, is you know is coming in and constantly pushing, and they've seen these things before. They know what's going to happen three steps in the future based on any decision that you th- are thinking of making. They're like you'd be reinventing the wheel. I mean, with an experienced executive, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just Things move faster because they can help you skip mistakes that they've already made before. Uh, they're an outsider, also. I mean, not not as much as the implementer, but you know, but they are coming in as an outsider, and so they have a fresh perspective and a fresh view on things. They can call things out, and uh, and so they're able to push you. They're, they're they don't have a because they're fractional. Also, they don't have a day to day job. Right? One of the big distractions of leadership team members is they have their rocks but they also have their day job, whatever it is in the business, right? The head of ops, they're just trying to run ops and they're trying to put out fires all the time or the head of marketing or the head of finance. They're always putting out fires or they're doing technology or they're doing projects. There's always fires to put out. And so they always just get so caught up in the day-to-day and in putting out fires that they just never get around to spending time to work on the rocks. Uh, but when a fractional integrator is coming in, they don't have a day job. All they're focused on, they're just like pounding away again and again and again, persistently on whatever the rocks and the milestones are, on the measurables, uh, on the issues, on smoking out issues, on pointing things out. Um, that they're they're just not underwater like a lot of the other people in the business uh, with their day to day and with fires. So they're able to stay focused on that, and they just keep and they keep the team focused on those things. Um, so that yeah, they they do achieve a lot more, a lot faster. And then when things are turned around enough and you got a, you know, a right leadership team in place or in place enough, uh, then we can, you know, we can either elevate somebody internally, coach and transition them into the role of integrator uh, or, or help hire somebody from the outside. Uh, And in either case, uh, and in either case, uh, sometimes those are, sometimes you bring in somebody to just sit in the integrator role without sitting in any other seat also below the integrator uh, but sometimes, and also because of finance, you know, financial needs and costs, sometimes they do have to sit in two seats. So they might be the head of ops and integrator. They might be special projects and integrator. They might be uh, something else, an integrator. I had one client where I transitioned out after two years as the fractional integrator, and we actually elevated. It was a technology company. We elevated the head of product to be the integrator, um, and he, he you know, did a great job. Um, so you know, so it's not always. It, not always head of ops. It's not always uh, it's, not, it's not always special projects. Sometimes it's other things. But either way, you know, if you find the right person internally, that's amazing. Or hire from the outside, and we can help help make that happen. So we know what a good integrator looks like. 
Right. So you're saying so many interesting things, but I want to pause and, and, and focus on one particular thing, because that's always been that's something that I've been struggling with is that people um, they don't get sometimes what the integrated role is and they misuse uh, it. Some people think that integrators are personal secretaries, personal assistants. You're saying special projects, and that's interesting to me because that's kind of like a role of the integrator. Are you saying that some companies separate that role and make it a separate seat on the accountability chart? Well, yeah. I mean, I think on the classic EOS uh, accountability chart, like example, that right, they do put special projects under that role because very, yeah, very often that is a role that goes to the integrator because it's cross-functional, right? It's not specific to finance or operations right. or sales or marketing. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's cross-functional. Let's say we're buying so, a new building, right? It's cross-functional because you got to yeah. figure out your rolling finances. Out an, you got to figure out a new out... market, maybe a new exactly. product, rolling out a CRM that affects all the departments or a new ERP, something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, very often, you know, I wouldn't say that's, I guess I wouldn't say that's necessarily inherent to the integrator role because, um, you know, if you think of the integral the way the integrator role the way you described it before, it's the conductor of the orchestra. They're they're kind of channeling the visionary's energy into you know into making sure that we're not running after squirrels, we're not we're not uh, getting unfocused, we're not giving everybody whiplash and starting on a new project before we even finished the last one from two months ago, um, and making sure that we have leadership management and accountability for the leadership team that all of them are clear on what they're executing on. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that I think special projects and being head of operations or VP of ops are like the most the two most common roles for um, for uh, for integrators. Integrate, yeah, for integrators. Um, Do but you find it's, that it's integrators... not practical? I would just say I would just say one other thing, which is it's not practical. If you do need, you know, if the only kind of RP right person, right seat integrator that you can bring in or that you can find or you can afford to bring in is fractional. It's just not practical to have that person be VP of ops. Like you really need to be there full time running that. Um, and for special projects too. I mean, sometimes those things are just so all consuming. Uh, that's, you know, I, I guess what I always say is that the integrator role in terms of being conductor and, and you know, and channeling the visionary and managing the leadership team and keeping everybody synced up and keeping everybody focused is, um, I, you know, I would say that what I call those core integrator responsibilities take up about 20% of a typical full-time integrator's time. And about 80% of the time is spent on something else, some other seat, whether that's special projects from, you know, as part of the integrator seat, or whether that's VP of ops, or whether some other role in the accountability chart that where they're reporting to themselves, you know, where they're sitting under the integrator seat in some other role. Um, and so as a fractional, obviously, you know, what you're giving up is you're not have it, able to have that person full time. Otherwise, you'd be hiring them. I mean, if you could hire for someone full time, you would, but you know, you can't for whatever reason, or you can't because you can't find them, or you can't afford it. You can't afford the right person, at least in that in that role. And so you, um, uh, and so you have to split out those two things, and you have to have the integrate the core integrator roles done by the fractional, which is about twenty percent of the time. So you're getting about twenty percent of their bandwidth. So that makes sense. They can fill that role. Uh, on a fractional basis, and then, uh, and then for the, um, and then for the VP of Ops, you have to have a separate VP of Ops, and you know whoever that is. I mean, it's you know maybe the maybe the visionary for a, for a, for a few months has to sit in that role if you don't have the right person in it, or you might have the right person in it, but maybe they're kind of an underperforming person, and so you have to just kind of 
coach and support and kind of be a crutch for them for a few months or a few quarters until the time comes when we can make sure we do have a right person, right seat in that head of ops role. Um, and then that's kind of how it'll go for a few months or a few quarters until you could get enough of the leadership team to be right people, right seats, really owning their roles and driving their own roles and not waiting to be driven. We're often visionaries feel like unless I'm pushing, unless I'm using brute force, unless I'm super involved, just things stop happening. Um, and so, but you, you need a leadership team that has, as Dan Sullivan calls it, the batteries included, right? That you don't have to energize them and push them and pull them, but they're self-motivated, self-energized to do whatever they, uh, whatever function of the business they they run because they really own their roles. And so that's what you want to get into place. Um, I think it was a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> Where's my squirrel? Um, yeah, squirrel alert. That kind of yeah so it brings me back to this thing that do you think like a lot of companies have a misconception of what an integrator is like i find smaller companies um assume integrators have more of assistance kind of roles um mm -hmm. you know as you said special projects so in a way when a fractional integrator comes in they're forcing this company to become very clear on their accountability chart unlike yeah. because i'm not going to be that personal assistant for you so who will Right. So you right. got to start answering those questions. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You can help people get a lot smarter about where their energy goes and how they spend their money because uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like if, if someone's reaching out to us and it seems like they need, you know, they're kind of a smaller business, maybe they do need more of a personal assistant, maybe a higher, higher level personal assistant, someone who could use judgment and creativity in managing their schedule or managing their projects. Uh, so yeah, we can, we'll often, we'll refer them to, uh, to, uh, uh, assist pro or assist pro, or, you know, one of, one of these type of, one of these type of businesses to have, you know, a higher level assistant or maybe, maybe even match up, maybe even get a, a higher level executive assistant, uh, like, like one of those, uh, delegate solutions. I think the other one is called, um, or, uh, assist pro and there's several others, and uh, so, yeah, bring in, you know, we'll help, we'll refer them. I mean, I, I refer clients to Assist Pro, and I, I have my assistants from Assist Pro for the last two and a half years. Um, and uh, so we refer, we, you know, we definitely refer people there. Um, sometimes we'll match, sometimes what we've started to do in one of my businesses is we match up uh, a high level personal assistant who has maybe fewer hours that they're giving with a, uh, with a more process following oriented. Uh, or more, you know, executive assistant or assistant or VA, maybe from the Philippines or somewhere else, uh, where they can get for a lower price point to actually work with that other assistant. So the assistant's managing the assistant, you could, you know, maybe they're doing 20 or 30 hours a week. And so they're able to together get a lot, get a lot done. I get a lot done for you. Um, sometimes you have visionaries that are also in smaller companies that are really don't really have a leadership team. You know, they're really more of just like a visionary with a bunch of helpers. Um, you know, maybe they have five, 10 people in the company, maybe even 15, 20 people in the company, but there's really no leadership team other than themselves. Um, and then for, in those situations, and maybe, you know, they need help with project management. They need help with kind of fractional COO type stuff, but it's more, it, you know, it, it, they don't need that huge executive leader. They're not building, they don't have a big organization yet. So sometimes we'll refer someone like Beyond the Chaos from Susan Fenema's company, uh, that really specializes in companies like that, where they have fractional COOs that do some of it, and they have several project managers. So they have, you know, again, maybe it's, it's a higher level of assistance even than a SysPro uh, that can help 
build things up. Um, another thing I've seen is sometimes people need a VP of ops and they think they can get a fractional integrator to run ops. And that's just not going to work um, because, you know, if you need every, every job, like there's stuff going on all day from the morning till night, there's, you know, multiple jobs, multiple products, multiple deliveries, multiple logistics always going on. It's just not going to work to have someone do that fractionally. Um, I, I mean, typically I haven't seen a situation where it will work. And sometimes people think like, oh, well, I don't have a good VP of ops. So maybe I'll fire a VP of ops and get a fractional integrator because they conflate the idea of integrator with the VP of ops. What they don't realize is those are two seats. There's the integrator seat and there's the head of ops seat. Those are two separate seats. And, you know, so what I would encourage people to do in that situation is you, you really need to hire a new VP of ops or you need to hire a manager maybe within your ops department. You need something to handle more of the day-to-day -day, uh, because this is not a solve. You know, bringing in a fractional integrator is not a solve for that typically. Right. So I'm assuming, I mean, I, I'm hearing all this and I'm like, yeah, this really clarifies this idea that integrators are very high level. They're not really day-to-day. -day. They're hol holding people accountable. I'm assuming you make sure that your integrators are a core values match with the visionaries that you match them up. You use the people analyzer? We we typically don't actually. I mean, I guess we do still work more on uh we do still work more on uh gut instinct, but we use four main characteristics that, you know, to match people up. I would say number one is we do like a detailed discovery process with clients before we get going with them to understand kind of what's working, what's not working, what their issues are, where they want to go, like where they want this business to go, what they want to see happen and why that's important to them, like what it means for them for to achieve those things. And once we get all of that, we kind of see, okay, who from our team is best suited to help achieve those kinds of goals. So that's like number one is like, you know, so maybe it's really people stuff and a lot of coaching, you know, that's like one type of thing. Maybe it's, you know, more technical, more scientific or construction or engineering type of stuff. Uh, you know, you know, and just we might bring in a different person who's going to be better suited for their particular goals. Uh, look for availability. Obviously people need to have availability and uh, uh, personality. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a key component. Sometimes there's, there's certain. That's core you know, values, right? Yeah, it is, I guess, but it's, it's, you know, this, but I would say other things too, like there are, um, there's just speaking, honestly, there's some women visionaries that would prefer to work with a woman. There's some men visionaries that would prefer to work with a man uh, as the visionary or, or vice versa sometimes. I mean, I've, you know, I, I know one EOS implementer, I won't mention her name, tells me that whenever she hires an assistant, because uh, she has an executive assistant and she always hires a male executive assistant because whatever, I don't, whatever reason she has. So anyway, different, different kinds of things, or sometimes people are more, I don't know, just kind of more straightforward. Sometimes people are softer personality. Like, you know, you just have to think about personality fit too, because you need to be kind of in sync with that. You know, the integrator and the visionary really need to be in sync with each other. So I think that personality piece is important in the matching. And I guess that goes to core values among other things. I think it's other things too. And then industry experience is sometimes relevant. Uh, so, you know, somebody with more of an engineering, construction, logistics, manufacturing, distribution, supply chain kind of background is not necessarily going to be a good fit with a with a SaaS company or with a law firm necessarily, just, uh, you know, with an accounting firm is going to be a, uh, you know, an architecture firm, it's just going to be a different, a different kind of uh, background. I mean, technically, 
yes, people issues are people issues, process is process. You know, it's it's technically the same. Uh, you know, and I know implementers are industry agnostic. Yeah, but sometimes there's you can minimize the learning curve. You, you have the ability to just you'll come in, you already know things about the business. You could just uh, you know, you you could just come in and plug in some of that experience. Uh so it it is it is sometimes relevant, sometimes less relevant, but you know, where it's important. Uh, we definitely want to take that into account, but we do. Don't. I mean, currently not using people analyzer, but uh, <laughs> you know, and not all of our and not all of our clients come to us already using EOS. Right. Um, some of them do, and some of them don't. They they come to us because they hear about us from fractional executives, from recruiters, from uh, from an online search, you know, or you know, or LinkedIn or something. And so sometimes right. people are finding us in other ways, and so um, uh, so we. Uh, so, so they'll, so for those, they'll do their EOS implementation or we'll, or we'll refer them to an implementer. It'll be after the engagement starts right? in some instances. And, and have you found that integrators typically have a certain Colby pro like profile versus visionaries? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would say that, well, and. I'll have to make a distinction here between fractional integrators and full-time integrators or like long-term integrators. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know if you've come across this before, but um, but I would say that integrators typically need to be high on follow-through, right? Obviously on the Colby. Most are higher on the fact finder, not all. You know, I think the follow-through quality, uh, you know, is to be, has the longer follow-through as they, uh, on the Colby, as they say, because I know the Colby consultants call it longer and shorter instead of higher and lower because they don't want to make it seem like a judgment. But um, but anyway, so the longer or higher fact finder, I think, is important. Uh, quick start's also big, a, a bit of a mix. I think that uh, there's a shorter or lower quick start typically for integrators, but I would say that's more important for long-term full-time integrators uh, than it is for uh, than it is for fractional integrators. A lot of fractional integrators, that's kind of a subset of integrators I've found, people who are attracted to this, who veer a little bit more towards the visionary side than most other, you know, than most integrators. Um, and I think that's because they're periodically starting with new clients. They're always looking for new challenges. They're able to, uh, you know, they're able to come into new situations, make quick decisions, adapt you know, initiate change, be very decisive and just, you know, and kind of continually looking for that. They're kind of running their own business. So they have to have that quick start. Yeah. So they, I, you know, they, they need to be more in like, there's just more change faster that the fractional integrator needs to be um, making happen uh, relative to a regular integrator or a full-time integrator that's going to be a little more stable. It's going to be, obviously, there are hopefully incremental change over time and incremental incremental improvement continually, but not as much massive change, not as quickly. Um, and so when you look at right people, right seat, right? Also, this is something else I think that, that, that people should think about when they're thinking about the right integrator is that, you know, the, the idea that you can have one person it's going to be a right person, right seat when you hire them as an integrator to make massive change for 12 to 18 months and then sit back for the next 10 years and manage an organization with very little change or only incremental change over the next 10 years. The idea that you're going to have a right person who's right seat, who like loves that and wants to do that, to have one person that's going to do both and do both well, it's, it's, a, it's hard to find such a person. 
Um, so that, that's actually another another use case that I find for the idea of a fractional integrator is that, you know, just because someone can't make massive change doesn't mean they're not a great integrator. They may be great as a long-term full-time integrator, but they may not be great as a fractional integrator. So sometimes you might want to have that person who does have that little bit more of a massive change, more, more of a visionary personality, higher quick start for your fractional integrator. And then when you make the bulk of your massive change and you're able to bring in that long-term integrator, then you bring in that person that's, you know, that's more stable, uh, that's more stabilizing as, as, as Colby calls it um, on the, on the, uh, on the, on the low quick start side. Um, so do you, are you saying that you usually come in, fractional integrators usually come in when companies are in desperate need of massive change? Yes. So <laughs> give me scenarios, like what happens? Industries change, uh, people, what's going on? Um, let me think about, let me think about a recent client. I, 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 uh, I mentioned one client is an HVAC company at over 50 million in revenue. Um, and how many employees? Uh, it was a few months ago when they started, but the, I believe at the time they were around 70 or 80 people. Because I was going to ask, what's your ideal customer look like, yeah. your ideal client? Like, when is it, when is it like, when do companies outgrow a fractional integrator? Can with somebody with 300 employees can still use a fractional integrator? You need constant accountability. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well I guess it's, I don't know we'll if you talk want to about stick that to that question or or do the no. Let's go back well, to massive change because I'm high on follow through, right? So I remembered your original question. The the uh, massive change, yeah. So I mean, the, you know, the usual situation that I've seen. There's exceptions. I mean, sometimes maybe an integrator leaves, and you have a situation like that. Uh, I've, I've seen that situation as well, but uh, very often. It's just that people naturally grew. People naturally grew an organization. They organically grew it, and they just, you know, just most of the leadership team is just not right people. So they're constantly pulled into the weeds, constantly pulled into the day to day, constantly pushing and pulling people to do the things that they should do, you know. And they're just constantly finding mistakes and errors, and clients getting upset, and just not delivering the quality and the kind of service or product that they used to. Um, and they're, and they're, they're just, uh, they're just, uh, frustrated. They're upset. They like, they want to quit. They're like, this is not like what I signed up for when I went out on my own or when I, you know, I broke off or when I started this business. Um, you know, in, in this instance, I think that, I think there was a former, I think in this story with the HVAC company, there was a former partner who, uh, who was handling purchasing, which is hugely important in this business and they, this partner left. So now, you know, and then they, they picked somebody internally to do it, but this was just a profoundly underperforming person. So there's just profound frustration, not the right people, underwater, a million issues, not sure where to start, no process. I mean, with a business of the size that I just mentioned, right? But people go amazing. It's really miraculous how far people take their businesses without process, without right people, just through brute force. Um, you know, and, and based on past success and, uh, you know, and just through their own commitment. Uh, it's really amazing, but it's very, people get very frustrated and, and disheartened. And so, uh, I mean, at least for us, the ideal client is, is somebody that knows that they need help that, you know, that wants help. They want, they want someone to kind of lay a path and figure out what's, what's the path through this maze 
of craziness uh, to, you know, to, to get to the kind of business that I, you know, that maybe I think now is not even possible anymore. Um, and somebody who, you know, who's, who's built businesses that got to where I want mine to get to before, and they can, you know, they could chart a path. I was in cooperation with the visionary and the leadership team and the implementer to, to get there. Um, and so the, uh, we, we started uh, three or four, maybe three months ago with this HVAC company and the fractional uh, integrator who's working with them. He just told me this past week that the, the visionary just told him this week that like, you changed my life. Wow. Like, you know, that was a phrase he used, like you, you, you changed my life. Like I didn't know, you know, if you haven't experienced like a well-run healthy company with like people that own their roles and good processes and systems, if you haven't experienced that before, or at least in your own company, or maybe you were a cog in one at some point in your past, but you know, to have your own, they haven't experienced that before. It almost seems not real. It's hard to imagine that that's even possible. Uh, and so you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never seen it personally, it's, you know, it, it's hard to imagine, you know, it sounds like a, a legend, a myth about, about some mythical business where the leadership team actually runs things and you could take off a day or take off three weeks and, you know, the business keeps humming along and keeps on growing without you. And, and that's, it's hard to believe that such things exist, but I, we know that it does exist. And, uh, and so have somebody that's built a business like that before to kind of chart you through it. Uh, that's, you know, kind of a, a major use case. Right. So are you saying that when integrators come in and there's a lot of wrong people or no people, right, right people, right seat issues, they kind of become like a recruiter then because they're so busy trying to help them find the right people. Well, that, that's a lot of the rocks. Typically, the first few quarters is people related rocks. Um, you know, it doesn't mean they have to be a recruiter in the sense of an HR recruiting department. So they may uh, they may own certain rocks about getting right people into certain roles or maybe working with someone to, to become better. And then maybe if that doesn't work, then maybe a subsequent quarter having a, having a people change in that. So they may own the rock of making that happen, but it doesn't mean that they do the administrative recruiting work. So they may work with uh, a recruiting company like Keystone or Titus Talent Strategies or Vision Spark. Um, or a contingency recruiter, or or an internal HR department. Maybe there are internal internal recruiters that they could work with, uh, and that they can kind of make sure that the job descriptions line up with the accountability chart, and that the core values are reflected, and that you know, and that uh, and that people know what to look for when they're whoever's doing the administrative part of it and the screening part of it, so that you know when you start having finalist candidates, that they can you know co you know coordinate with making sure the right people get get hired. Uh, but that is a major part of the role because um, honestly, having right people in the right seats on your leadership team um, and with your integrator, obviously, and, and is, you know, and other key roles in the organization is it's the foundation of everything else. Uh, you, you, you could start with a bunch of wrong people and start working on documenting processes and systems and computer systems and everything. And it's just going to be continually frustrating. I mean, it might be some incremental improvement, but, uh, really having great processes with wrong people is just, it's not going to change your business. I think uh, what we both agree on is that you need right people. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that, that's, that's for most clients. That's the major focus. The first few months and quarters is getting right people into place in the leadership team and in other key roles. I mean, de depending on the specific circumstances. Right. Would you say that accountability looks different with a fractional integrator versus a full-time integrator? 
are they better at holding people accountable? Does it look different? Do people accept accountability from an integrator if they're fractional? Oh, you're only coming in twice a week. I mean, it's a mix. It really depends on the circumstances. Sometimes people accept accountability from an outsider or an outside expert that's being brought in sometimes more easily than someone they feel like they have too much familiarity with. And sometimes they will respect and um, kind of accept accountability from somebody uh, on the outside more readily. Sometimes they'll see them just as an outsider and maybe a passing thing. We just have to wait it out. And, you know, and so it may be tougher in some instances. I think it really depends on the particular leadership team members and the particular culture of the company. Um, one thing I will say, uh, which is like an interesting observation, is that sometimes having a full-time person in place as a manager or an integrator uh, is actually... Um, what's the, what's the word? It, it, it actually is a crutch that enables wrong people to remain in place longer. Um, it creates complacency. Yeah. Because they're, because what the, what the full-time manager will do or the full-time leader will do is they'll, what I call being a helicopter manager, they'll kind of hover and prevent mistakes from being made and constantly poke, 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 poke you know, to make sure things are getting done. So it's just their constant intervention it's always getting things to get done. So people have no ownership. They're not really right people. But because things are getting done and mistakes aren't getting made or fewer mistakes are getting made because of their constant helicopter management, then they are, uh, then, you know, you may just keep the people in place a lot longer and not really get and not really ask, is this the right person? Are they good at their job? Can they own it where I can maybe focus on higher order activities because I'm not constantly babysitting all of my direct reports. And so, you know, and also process issues. Sometimes you can have bad processes, no processes. And because you have full-time management, that kind of gets covered over, that gets ignored or it gets ignored for a very long time because of this constant babysitting, this constant helicopter management. And so sometimes having a fractional integrator, because you don't have that babysitter, you don't have that constant management. So when you bring in a fractional integrator or a fractional other person on the leadership team, a fractional head of finance, fractional head of sales, a fractional CMO, or something else, CTO, et cetera, uh, sometimes that, you know, the only way you could create uh, accountability is by making clear what the job descriptions are, making clear what the metrics are, making clear what the processes are, making sure people are trained on it, setting up a certain meeting cadence once a week, maybe a one-on-one -on -one once a week, maybe a team meeting once a week, maybe both. And then you set that up, right? And then can people largely now on their own, it's clear what to do. They've been trained on how to do it. It's clear what's expected. It's clear the metrics. If they're still not doing what they should be doing, then, and again, they're not, no one's there babysitting. No one's there forcing it every day, every minute. So they start underperforming. So you might say, oh, well, that's a problem with fractional leadership. No, that's actually finally bringing to the forefront this issue that was festering for months, maybe years until now. And just the fact that you had a fractional in there who's not constantly babysitting just forces you to realize that, you know, my managers, my mid-level managers, my frontline employees in this department or on the leadership team are just not the right people. And now we need to solve that. And sometimes Shining the light. Yeah, it shines a light on it, brings up things that were hidden uh, because of helicopter management and everything. So that's a, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm not saying you should like not hire a full-time person. You should hire a fractional when otherwise you could find a great full-time person. I'm not, you know, obviously it's better to just get the full-time person and 
have them be cognizant of this issue and, you know, and, and, and just try to bring forth those issues if you can, but uh, very often that just doesn't happen. So it is another benefit of a fractional, any kind of fractional role, really, um, that, you know, that can sometimes bring issues to the forefront that helicopter management was keeping uh, kind of under the carpet until now. It kind of like this brings our conversation full circle because I want to go back to I'm not a high on follow through, but I remembered something that you said in the beginning of the conversation. You said sometimes you have companies that have 100 employees or they're doing 100 million in revenue, but they don't want to get a implementer. They want a fractional integrator. And you see that as dysfunctional versus you're saying you have a client that has 70 employees, you know, this HVAC company, and they were a right client for having a fractional integrator. So how do you differentiate? Well, there, I mean, we, we refer, we referred, or I referred to fractional, I mean, excuse me, I referred an EOS implementer into, into them. So, I mean, they're going to be using a, you know, a professional implementer. Right. The HVAC company. Yeah. Right. So how do you, when is it like when would you say a company outgrows this fractional thing? Because I see fractional as it helps smaller companies get better talent. You write that in your book, and I love that about it. So we're, you know, I say like there's a certain pain from a for a company that has one to ten employees. That's where the visionary kind of has to play the integrated role. They're also uh, they're very, they're just very in the weeds and you kind of make decisions, hiring, using your gut, right? That's when you're like, you know, in that pain. Then there is a pain, 10 to 30, 40, 50 employees. Once you get 50 to 250, it's a whole different story, right? When does the using fractional kind of expire? When is it dysfunctional already? Yeah, I would, look, I think in the bigger companies, look, typically a 70, 80 person company, you know, $80 million or whatever, typically is going to be, you know, less likely to 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 auto use a fractional integrator. Sometimes that's more of a bridge solution, like you can't find an integrator or your integrator leaves. Uh, we've had instances where we come in where it's more of a bridge situation. They had a full-time integrator, that person left. And so we bring in a fractional integrator because, again, the visionary knows themselves. They know they're not the right person for the job. And so they want a right person integrator in place so that they don't feel rushed in hiring a full-time integrator. Um, they don't want to feel, you know, because, oh my gosh, we don't have this. It's been three months. We haven't had an integrator. I can't stand this anymore. Uh, you know, okay, they're not perfect, but okay, fine. We'll hire that person, right? And then it's a very traumatic, bad hire potentially. So by having a great integrator in place, you know, fractionally to, you know, you can take your time, wait for the right person. If you talk to three finalists and, you know, they're good, but you're not sure, then then you could wait, you know, wait, you know, we'll do another round of searches, do another round of candidates. Um, so I would say that's a, that's a benefit of, um, that's a benefit of it in, in larger companies. Sometimes again, I, great integrators. I, I think, you know, uh, Mark Winters and rocket fuel talks about how, you know, the ratio of visionaries to integrators in the world is about five to one, about one integrator for every five visionaries. Uh, and so even with a bigger business, sometimes you, you just can't find the right person or it takes a very long time to find the right person. And it's, I mean, obviously, as you know, it's such a key hire. You want to make sure to find the right person. So sometimes if you can have a right person, a right team integrator, somebody that can that can keep things moving forward um, and, and not force the visionary to take on a role that they know they don't get one and have the capacity to do well, uh, then it's a great solution for the three, six, nine months, however long it takes to find the right person. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So having a fractional integrator serves different purposes in different situations, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do we take Where do we take this from well, here? Well, I mean, I we could we could wrap it up now if you want, or I don't know if there's any other questions that come to mind. You know, I know that I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I hear about in the Slack channels or in conversations among EOS implementers that there is, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, that there's that, you know, maybe are, are, are fractional integrators like competing with the U.S. implementers? Are they, uh, you know, are they are they good? Are they not good? I don't know if there's any other questions along those lines that, you know, that, that come to you know, that come to mind. So maybe so. So let's talk about why would anybody assume fractional integrators are competing with implementers when like you, you I know that you and your firm are very strong about separating the roles and being very clear are there situations where people do where it overlaps and it gets a little murky? Yeah, I, I would say I would say there are people who call themselves fractional integrator out there who I would I would call bad actors, right? Who who just, you know, every engagement, uh, they're basically they want to implement EOS themselves. They don't want to work with implementers, or they even if they come into a situation with an implementer, they're like, hey, why don't you uh, let go of this implementer and, you know, let me start implementing and, you know, and they want to, they want to basically be an outside EOS implementer besides for their, you know, quote unquote, fractional integrator role. Um, I don't, I don't think that's ethical. Uh, I don't think that represents the great fractional integrators I know out there in the industry, not just in my firm, but many others. Um, and I even, I even have an article on the Wolf's Edge Integrators blog about like the five best fractional integrators. And I didn't even include our own firm in that. I just, you know, highlighted five other fractional integrator solo practitioners or firms that I think are are great people that are real executives that really help their clients uh, because we're not the only ones and we're not the right fit for everybody. But um, but uh, I think there's tons of great actors out there, but I think there's, there's some that are, uh, you know, that are you know, not honoring EOS worldwide's intellectual property um, and, you know, trying to implement EOS on their own. And uh, I, I think that, I mean, I've heard of that happening. So, you know, it's not like made up. It's not, you know, it's not completely illegitimate, but I would just think that that's why it's important to work with, you know, a company like Wolf's Edge Integrators or one of the other, you know, highly reputable fractional integrators out there or get referrals and references from other EOS implementers who have good experience with a certain fractional integrator. Um uh, so what steps they, what steps do you take to not like to ensure that in your practice you have 12 integrators right yeah well we're i mean you know we're not just a referral network i mean we, we operate like a firm we're getting together every week uh, we're idsing client issues together we're you know we're, we're developing processes together we're we're a very intimate group of people right we work together very closely our all core values align with each other we're a tight group i don't have to i don't have to worry that anybody in Wolf's Edge integrators is, you know, is potentially being one of these bad actors. Like that's not. It's uh, also as you, as the visionary value so much a relationship with implementers and you see the value yeah, of yeah, all of us do that yeah. into your businesses. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's, yeah, that, you know, so I'm, I'm not worried about it with my own firm, but there's, look, there's others out there. I can't control, you know, I obviously can't control other, other people out there and I, you know, no one, you know, can't control people calling themselves that. Right. Um, so it's not about worrying about your firm. It's about what differentiates you. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also about, you can't be everything to all people. Correct. 
And yeah. when a fractional integrator tries to be an implementer, they're trying to be everything to one business. And that's what I often say with consultants too. You can't teach EOS and then be inside the business. It gets murky. Right. Right. Most of the time that's right. It's not, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not the right thing to do. And yeah, so I, I guess I would just say that I, th I think that people have that feeling sometimes because there are some bad actors out there that probably give the rest of us a bad name. Uh, so I would, you know, I would just say that that's, you know, that you got to just be careful who you, you got to be careful who you work with. Uh, make sure that's one of the, one of the good guys or gals. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really what I would say. I've had great conversations with, I mean, Jill Young and Amber Baird and, you know, and other people from EOS and, you know, always happy to answer questions uh, from anybody. If people do have concerns or, or, or whatnot, I talked to two or three implementers yesterday. I mean, just, uh, catch up calls. So, you know, it's all good stuff. Great. I'm so happy that we had this conversation and we cleared the ear as they call it in EOS. Yes. And I value the relationship with your firm. And I think that it's great to help people, you know, because we're so much focused on independence, why not get them to their goals faster? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it makes, it makes because they're more successful in their EOS implementation, not because there's, you know, they already had a great implementer, but if they don't have the right people on their leadership team, they're not going to be very successful and they're not going to be as fast in their EOS implementation uh, or in the achievement of their goals. So, yeah, I mean, having a right person, right seat in the integrated role, even fractionally is going to get them there a lot faster. They're going to think, oh gosh, this EOS thing really works. And they're going to feel so much more, uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to be, it's a tag team situation. They're going to feel so much more loyalty and appreciation and gratitude to their implementer because what they're doing is working because they have the right people on their team, right? Obviously that's, uh, that's a predicate for that happening. Uh, but they're going to feel so much better about it. They're going to refer people more to that implementer, hopefully, because they had a good experience and they're going to, of course, refer it to others. And if they don't have a successful experience, because even if no fault through no fault of the integrate uh, implementer, uh, but if they don't have a successful experience, if it just kind of goes quarter after quarter, not seeing a lot of, you know, then they're going to tell their friends, yeah, it didn't really work for me. Well, again, it wasn't really EOS that didn't work for you. It was that you didn't have the right leadership team or you didn't have the right integrator that didn't work for you. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I, you know, I think that we can, you know, avoid that and, you know, really be a win-win tag team kind of situation. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, yeah, uh, Rachel. Anyway, so I got. I'll take back the reins again for a second. So, Rachel, really appreciate you having this conversation and uh, quizzing me, uh, and you know, hopefully hashing out some of the integrator implementer differences and you know, and potential uh, danger points, etc., and, and potential opportunities. So, really appreciate the conversation and you making the time today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast and this was great. I think it clears up a lot. Awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody else, I guess we'll, I think it's a little longer episode than usual, but we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.